This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. The speed of sons getting ready for 2021 and what's going on with Tiger Woods. All coming up in this episode of At The Turn. Nick, how are you today? I'm good, Joe. We have been texting, bouncing texts back and forth on doing a Jordan Spieth resurgence podcast for weeks. And the longer we wait, the better it gets. And the closer to the Masters we get, which which makes the Jordan Spieth podcast that much better. So I'm really excited for this. It's a little late my time. So part of me, if I'm not bringing the, uh, the, the energy that sometimes I, I have, but um, it might be a more laid back um, episode, just talking Jordan Spieth and, and some other stuff. I think that's absolutely fine. We will yeah. talk about Jordan Spieth. I want to start with the Genesis Invitational. So we're recording this on Sunday afternoon, wrapped up a few hours ago. Uh, poor Tony. Tony, Tony Finau, bridesmaid yet again. That is 21 top fives. No wins in the last five years for Tony Finau. Now, he didn't choke. He shot 64 today and lost in a playoff. So I don't want to put it out there that he choked today, but to get that close so many times and not get it done, it's a little more than a trend at this point, right? No, I, I like I often do, I'm going to push back on this narrative because if Tony would have shot 70 today, one under par, 70 and finished, I don't know, 35th, Nobody would bat an eye, but the guy was lights out. I assume his 64 was the low round of the day. He came from nowhere, I think the third to last group, to when he holed out, he was the leader in the clubhouse, and it took it took a lot of crazy stuff to, to make that playoff happen. Um, but you can't hold it against the guy for never finishing out of the top five is basically my point. I mean, poor Tony, he he 
He never gives up. He even on his worst weeks, he's finishing tied for fifth. And all everybody wants to say is, ah, Tony finished in the top five. He can't win. Yeah, but Nick, to put yourself in the top five 21 times and get it done zero times, that is an alarming trend. Yes, you have to be an incredible golfer to finish. Why is 21 top fives without a win worse than four top fives without a win? Because it is showing that your ability level is elite. You are beyond, if you're finishing top five that many times, you have all the tools in your tool shed. That may be, you're not, you're not missing a thing. Everything is organized. All facets of your game are top tier. So if you're able to get to breaking the threshold of the top five 21 times and not get it done, at a certain point, and we're way past that point, there's something else going on. There's there's a mental hurdle, a mental block about it. This guy has one PGA Tour win, and he's arguably been one of the top 15, 20 American golfer, golfers of the past six, seven years, and he has one PGA Tour win. I mean... So are you? Do you think he choked? I mean, because it can be analyzed from so many different perspectives. He shot sixty four no. to get into that position, right? Okay, but then he's there in the playoff. He definitely had a chance. That was a to, terrible shot on the par three. That was, that was a rope hook no, he hit in that it, bunker. It, it was. It was such a bad. It was a bad shot. But you know what though? Max Homa hit a bad shot or a shot that should have been worse than it was on the first playoff hole, which number ten. How about that recovery? Is an awesome playoff hole. Yeah, you know, and but but Max was able to get it done to make that putt and to extend the playoff. And then Tony looked like he had a chance to kind of do what Max did, recover from his bad shot. He had a, a mediocre bunker shot. I think he had what still ten feet left for his for his par and a putt he was never going to make. After Max's putt was low, and when once Tony started his, it was essentially the same putt. If you didn't watch it, they were on the same line, and Tony was like two feet oh. shorter. Wait, are you uh, going to accuse Max of giving him a bad read there? <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> saying I thought it was going to be good because because Tony went high on it, and I'm like, oh, yeah. we just saw how much Max's breaks, and then it just stayed. It just stayed high. And they I even was, said that on the broadcast. They did, and I Max Homa, I love him. He, he's he's if you if you don't know, he's got a great social media account on. He's the on best follower on the PGA Tour. Yeah. Um, I, I was definitely not rooting against Max. Like I'm, I'm really happy that he won. It's, it's fun to see him succeed. But I was rooting for Tony Finau to win because I, I think there is definitely some validity to the, to the narrative that he can't get it done. But I think it's, it's overstated. I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. Like he had no business being in that playoff today, except for firing a 64, getting himself there, and like that. That was it's a testament to how good he is but people use it against him. And I get there are probably some tournaments where he started off in the lead and choked it away and, and didn't make putts when he needed to make them. But today is not one of those days. And so it's just so easy to say, oh, another second place finisher, Tony Finau. His 64 was the lowest round of the day by two strokes. If Max Homa makes a bogey on the 72nd hole, Tony Finau wins the golf tournament. You know? And right. for Max to recover in the way that he did after hitting it to three feet on the 72nd hole, the closest approach anyone in the field hit all day and then missed that putt. I don't even want to say it was a bad putt. It didn't look like 
a bad putt or a bad stroke. It just dove on him, right? I think it was just a bit of a bad read. And I give him a it's lot of credit for recovering. have a three-footer that breaks – I don't know, six inches. To no, to but if you look at the back-to-back shots he had, he has that. He has about 40 minutes. His tee shot on the playoff, he's not quite stymied up against a tree, but his ball is pretty damn close to being in that position and hits a really, really impressive bump and run shot to give himself, I don't incredible. know, 18 yeah. feet for birdie. It was incredible. Yeah. yeah. And I, 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 mean, give, I give Max more credit than I want to – talk even though we started with tony this is more about max homo winning the tournament than it is about tony Finau losing it now i think it's going to be a case-by-case basis on tony's close calls without winning but i agree with you this is not one of those where he gagged it up he shot 64 you can't sit there and say he choked it away he just didn't win and i'm very happy for max homa very likable guy who has been in contention a lot the past month i can't remember i think it was a couple weeks ago there was a tournament where he was either leading or close to the leaderboard going into Sunday and shot like a really, really bad round, like a 77. It may have even been Phoenix where he shot a terrible final round and said, I'll be back and give him credit. He won on what he considers to be one of his favorite, like slash home courses. It's a great story. Yeah, it it absolutely is. One thing that doesn't get really referred to in golf in it's, it's not a golf stat, but I, I make it a golf stat is head-to-head record against the field. Okay, so I don't have specific numbers, but his last two starts, Tony Finau has finished second and tied for second. There's roughly 150 guys in each of these tournaments. So that means that his record against the field is like 298 and two. Yeah, that's you're right. That's That's really, really good. Um... If you walk into the bar, would you rather talk to the guy who beat almost everybody or the guy who's got the trophy? Like, let's say the guy who got the trophy missed his last three cuts, but he's got the trophy. You want to talk to the guy with the trophy? Come on. That's exactly what we're talking about here. That's exactly what we're talking about because there's guys, you know, there's guys who who are feast or famine. Like, hey, I might get a win every other year and miss half my cuts. And there's guys like Tony who might get a win every decade. Finish top ten in every tournament. So, well, what kind of career would you rather have? Would you rather win seven times and I don't know, only have like thirty career top tens, or would you rather have two hundred career top tens and have two wins? Well, you know, I was thinking about this earlier because I knew we were going to have this conversation, and I was thinking about it in terms of the Corner Club Open. And like, if you and I <laughs> went and finished second in the Corner Club Open, like in the gross division, like four years in a row, we'd probably be on top of the world. Like, we'd be like, "Dude, we're coming in every year. We're we're playing well. Like, this is awesome." Or like, if we won once in in like the next ten years, but we're in the bottom half every other time, that would I don't know. I'd pro- I don't know. I'd probably rather finish second four years in a row. Really, man? No, <laughs> Dude, I'm the opposite. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. If we're ever the champions of the Corner Club Open, I'm going to be a mess for the next, like, two, three years afterwards we play in that tournament because I'm the champ. Don't talk to me. I'm the 2022 Corner Club Open champion. Exactly. If we win it once and never, (laughs) never, like, sniff that again, it's just going to feel like a flash in the pan, like, luck. But if we're there every single year in contention, everyone knows we're a force we reckon with. If you want to win that thing, you got to beat us. 
I don't want to be the Jim Furyk of the Corner Club Open. That's fair enough. That's, fair enough. That's I'm not saying it's a popular argument. I'm just, I'm just thinking of it in terms of that. Like that still sounds pretty fun. You know what? I'd rather win it, but four straight seconds still sounds pretty fun. I'll just put it that it, way. <laughs> both options are pretty nice. Exactly. Uh, I didn't, I didn't catch the part of the broadcast where Tiger Woods made an appearance. So you're gonna have to fill me on what happened here with uh, El Tigre. Well, he he was it's funny because Tiger is the host of this tournament and they always have like the CEO come on and do their little spiel like right when you really want to watch golf like when the back nine starts on Sunday. And so it was they brought in Tiger today and alarm bells were going off. He did not look good. He, his eyes were glazed over. Um he he looked tired. He he looked he looked not good and I was I was feeding my baby, so I didn't have a free hand to like check Twitter. So I'm watching this whole thing go down, and I'm like, like, is it just me, or, or is this this is a tough scene? And so then, one once once I finally got my arm freed up and pulled up my phone, no, it, it was there was screenshots of, of Tiger on this interview, and his it's just it was a tough look. His eyes are glazed over. He looks tired. He he was not sharp. And Nance asked him, like, so Tiger, like, are we going to see you in the Masters? And I'm like, Jim, look around you. Read the room, dude. This guy, this guy is broken. It's a broken man. And Tiger's like, I don't know, Jim. Uh, there's not a lot of wiggle room in my back right now because, uh, you know, I've had the on account of the five surgeries. So maybe we just see how we feel. And Jim's like, so you think the plan is to play one tournament and then, <laughs> then the Masters. <laughs> it was just so awkward. And, and Tiger looks like he's in rough shape. That that it, it was it was tough to watch because you know he's been through a lot, and you could you could see it on his face. But I didn't know if you got a chance to see any of those reactions or see that photo or, or if it struck you at all. I mean, I saw I, I saw the reactions to it. I I think we're at this point we're pretty quick to jump on Tiger when anything like this can be construed or misconstrued a certain way. And I'm not saying you read the situation wrong. I I obviously didn't see it otherwise, uh, other than a screen cap. But I'm going well, to err on the side of it's not to it's not to rag on Tiger. No, 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 no. It, I understand. It's, no. it's it's out of concern. It's out of love. I get it's, it exactly. Um, it's I I hope it's not the worst. I guess is my take on it. I just I just hope whatever is happening with Tiger, maybe he just didn't get enough sleep. Uh, maybe he was playing poker with Marco Mera too late in the morning i hope that's what's going on look the man had an addiction to prescription painkillers and some of the pictures i saw he was exhibiting the signs of someone who is on prescription painkillers and if he's coming off surgeries if he's talking about his back if he's having a weird conversation with nance it's not a big leap to say maybe tiger fell off the wagon and he took a couple vicodins like i hope that's not the case but it's you could see where someone's mind would go there given his history i hope tiger is fine. I hope he can recover. But the fact of the matter is, it's a forty-five-year-old's body who's been through a lot. Well, he's also just had this this other recent surgeries. I, mean, I don't even know what you do. You know, I mean, he's probably got to be taking something. You know, for his recent surgery, whether you know that's. I, I'm not a doctor. All I'm saying is, I don't think we should be talking about Tiger trying to go win another green jacket. Um, not the most important thing right now. Exactly. Exactly. It was a little alarming, and I just hope that um, <laughs> I hope the man's all right. Well, we've had these conversations before before about Tiger, and if there's one thing about Tiger you shouldn't do, it's doubt him.
because he'll stick that right back in your face, and he loves doing it. I hope he does. I hope Tiger's well, fine. My, It'll be a lot my, of fun. My best insight from Tiger from that interview was he he um, lengthened his putter. Jim asked him, like, oh, so how much how much golf have you been playing these days? Like, what are you doing with a club? Like, after all this, so awkward. Like, Jim Nance, like, look at the man and listen to what he's saying. He's not playing yeah. golf right now. And he's like, well, I lengthened my putter. And he was, like, kind of half joking. But he's like, no, but seriously, I used to just, like, try to hit the equator of the ball with my sand wedge. Um, as a drill, and so I just lengthened my putter to the length of my sand wedge, so I don't have to bend down as far, and it's it's been great. So uh, I don't, so that's helping my back out. So, um, who knows? Who knows? Uh, well, I hope he's back in time for April. Augusta just is. It's not the same without Tiger. I I hope he's not. I I, I honestly hope he's not. Like I, I I don't think him playing in the Masters is is the right move for him. We're st- I mean, we're st- we're still two months away. I mean, I look, I I didn't see it. It seems like you have a pretty grim view of what you saw from Tiger. I hope he plays if it's the right thing for him. I'll say that much. Agreed. Agreed. Now, someone who we're definitely going to see at the Masters is really the reason why we're gathered here, Nick. It was a slow roll for a while, but it was really a sixty-one in Phoenix. That shot him to the top of the leaderboard and into the hearts and minds of every golf fan in America thinking, is Jordan Spieth back? Is he going to do it? And he didn't. But his last three tournaments, T4 at Phoenix, T3 at Pebble, T15 at Riviera at the Genesis Open. So it got me to thinking, I don't really want to do, and 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 we can next if you want. I don't necessarily want to do the is Spieth back conversation because whatever you know maybe he is maybe he's not he's playing better I think the more interesting conversation is why do we care so much about Jordan Spieth what is it about him that we find so interesting is it just that he's a phenom is it the fall from grace and the potential return to greatness what do you think is particularly unique about Jordan Spieth that makes us so inter- the golf channel will constantly show him when he is way out of contention, when he's hovering around even par. Obviously, that hasn't been the case the past month. But and I have some ideas, but I'm curious about your thoughts. What you think it is, particularly about Jordan Spieth, that captivates people? I'm gonna try to summarize this as best I can. And maybe a year or two ago, I was listening to a podcast, and they were describing this storyteller. Um, or maybe a novelist, a writer, and he was saying there's two types of stories that that really every every kind of plot, every story, every book, every movie kind of revolve around. Somebody who started with nothing and worked their way into like something incredible, and somebody who was at the top had everything taken away and then built themselves back up rediscovered themselves and that's what this story is when jordan spieth hit the scene as a young 20 something and was winning majors and it just came so easily and you just knew he was gonna win people he i'm not saying he didn't have a ton of fans but what's lovable about that like i didn't root for him because it was just like why? What's my You were the anti-speed guy. I, w- I was a little bit anti-speed. And not to say that it was anti-speed, but it was just not interesting to me. You know, this guy who just showed up and was just better than everybody. And he was. But now, 
he's human. Like he went through some real life struggles that anybody who's ever swung a golf club can relate to. And he did it in front of millions of people. And it wasn't just like he had a bad tournament or missed a cut. It was like three years, four years now. He hasn't won since 2017. And so it went from being like, ah, uh, like speed's back down to earth, you know, like this is how the rest of us live to like, is speed ever going to come back to like, oh man, this is really sad. So now like, oh my God, like, is Jordan Spieth back? So I, I think it's, he's human. Like now we can relate to him and now we're like, wow, like that must've been really hard for you. Now we can see how much you deserve everything you've worked for. See, I, I think that, and, and I agree the, the redemption piece is a big part of it, but I like to compare Jordan Spieth to tiger a little bit. And you can make some comparisons at a certain age. Spieth actually, eclipsed tiger in some ways early on in his career for majors and, and doing some things. And so the comparisons are there. Tiger had every physical tool you could possibly imagine. I don't think Jordan Spieth does Jordan Spieth. What does Jordan Spieth do? Jordan Spieth. He doesn't hit his driver very far. His irons are really good. He's a great putter. He grinds. He just pulls off the shot when you need him to. He looks kind of awkward over the ball. The grip is a little weird. He's kind of got that chicken wing. He looks it's not so like a, uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not a traditional swing. He's yelling at his caddy. He's screaming at the ball. I think people gravitate toward Jordan Spieth because he is a very flawed golfer in many ways, and he still finds a way to get it done. Jordan Spieth, and I'm sorry, Tony, I'm going to do it to you. Jordan Spieth is the antithesis of Tony Finau. Tony Finau has, he looks like he could play any professional sport. He has the most natural, like, half backswing and hits it 350 yards. He plays quick. Looks like he has every physical tool possible. You don't want to use Tony? Let's use Dustin Johnson, okay? Dustin Johnson has the most natural, powerful, I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me attitude. And he pulls it off, and you can see why he's the number one golfer in the world. When Jordan Spieth was the number one golfer in the world, like in 2015, if you had explained to someone who knew what golf was, but how Jordan Spieth was better than Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, every big stick on the PGA Tour, Jordan Spieth was the best of them for like two, two and a half years. If you had to explain to someone how he was better than those golfers, how could you possibly do that? Could you? It's hard. It an unbelievable run of luck. And I'm saying this ton in cheek. I don't actually believe this. But if you watch his like highlights and when he's playing his best, he's rolling in like 70 foot eagle putts. And you're like, well, you can't expect to make that. Right. Like, even in Phoenix, I turned on the golf tournament in Phoenix and. Jordan Spieth is winning this tournament. Like, what is going on? <laughs> and they show right then, like, they answered my questions. They're like, yeah. I'll show you a highlight of Jordan Spieth's front nine. And it was, like, hole outs. There was, like, these terrible shots. They, like, kicked 20 yards yeah. left onto the green. It's three like, fairways. Oh, shoot 66. every bounce, and he's just rolling in, like, 40-foot putts. Like, that's not sustainable, which is why it's so fun to watch him because you're like, you know the train is going to fall off the rails at some point. And you're you're either gonna enjoy the watching that wild train wreck, or somehow 
this train is going to get to the station and Jordan Spieth's going to hoist a trophy, hoist a trophy. So, but here's the thing, no matter what happens, it's going to be fun. If, 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 if I had to, if we were drafting, like if we had 10 guys, right. And we were all drafting golfers to win majors this season. We all had to pick four golfers. Jordan Spieth is going to get picked. If Jordan Spieth was to win a major this year, it'd be quote unquote surprising. But how surprising would it actually be? Who do you Sitting expect here okay. today? No. Today, if you had to bet money on the Masters, who's more likely to win the Masters, Jordan Spieth or Roy McIlroy? <laughs> I think it's Jordan Spieth. Like I think it I is. Think it's right? Jordan Spieth. Which this whole crescendo <laughs> is is just timed. So perfectly, like there's going to be is. one or two more Jordan Spieth in the final group, like maybe the players or like maybe the WGC, like there's going to be one or two more like yep. Jordan Spieth, like, oh my God, he's there. Like, is he going to do it? And then the Masters. Is then gonna it's going to be Augusta. It, it's all, and he plays so well there. I think. There's like, a chance. Four, four beer Nick is, is like Jordan Spieth is. <laughs> Gonna win the Masters. <laughs> I mean, that's appropriate. That's that's what four beer Nick should come up with. Do you have anything else on Jordan? I have a I have a a a new bit and an old bit that I wanna that I wanna do here after after no, we're done with Jordan. I'm I'm all set with Jordan. Just okay. just just all I will say is don't turn off the, the Jordan Speed show. Like it's it's about to get good. It is. I completely agree. Well, before we get to this new bit that I'm pretty sure we did in an episode like 40 episodes ago, but I want to bring it back. Um, Nick, the uh, the new golf season is just about here. We're going to start posting here in beautiful Portland, Oregon uh, a week from tomorrow. Wow. A week from tomorrow we start posting. That's when the golf season starts. I have not touched a golf club other than to chip foam balls with my girlfriend's nephew. Uh, probably about three, four months. That's about it. That's about it. Now, I could work on my swing. I could, I could, I could spend money on lessons. I could, I could, you know, get get new clubs. None of that's really going to help me. If I don't know the yardage to the pin, Nick PrecisionProGolf.com, the best range finders out there. Use promo code Turn Ten at checkout. You're going to get ten dollars off. You're going to start your golf season off right. You're going to get your yardages dialed in. PrecisionProGolf.com. Turn Ten. At checkout. Okay. So I'm pretty sure we've done this bit before, haven't we? I think so. I'm not, I, I'm the reason why it's good is because I'm so bad at it. I know. That's why it's fun. I wish I had some theme music, but I don't. Anyway, we're gonna play Guess the Career Earnings. I tell Nick a PGA tour golfer, he has to guess their career earnings. Nick, if you get within I'm gonna say two million dollars on either side, you're the big winner here. Okay. Okay. It's gonna be tough. So the golfer. I was gonna say if I get within ten million. (laughs) (laughs) I think you'll. I actually think you have a chance on this one. All right. So our golfer today is a uh, three-time major winner. He's won eleven times in the PGA Tour. His most recent victory was the 2017 British Open. Can I just guess the golfer? (laughs) What? What are the career earnings for Jordan Spieth? Uh, now to be clear, to be clear, this is the career earnings as of the PGA Tour. So this is the PGA Tour career earnings. I'm looking at the website right now. Not all that Under Armour money. No, not not the Under Armour cash. 
Well, 11 wins, you got to figure like 1 to 1.5 million per win. Ah, no, like right around, closer to 1. Let's get those majors. All those all those top 10s are probably worth like, I don't know, 250. Do you want to know how much say, money he's made? Do you want to know how I'm much money say, he's made this season? No, nope. Okay. Nope. I'm gonna, I, I'm close to a guess. I'm going to say twenty-two million dollars. Okay. Well, I'm sorry, Nick. Oh you are God. not within the two million dollar so threshold. Would you like another guess? No, because I don't know if I'm high or low. <laughs> you 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 are significantly I don't low. Get further. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's uh, just just lay it on me. Jordan Spieth, and I don't believe this is counting the Genesis Invitational, which he did finish T15, has won $42 million, 148930 So over $42 million for Jordan Spieth just on the PGA Tour. See, it's tough because you got to figure the wins, and then you're like, how much is it? 15th place finish at the farmer's worth and like how much was he really making between 2017 and now like he was missing tons of cuts and like no that, that i mean okay. you're making like, cash you, just making cuts you know what i'm saying like oh i know but like is it 50,000 or is it it piles 000? up you know like, well, I, I don't know how many times is he playing 20 times a year i don't know i'm gonna give you a chance to redeem yourself are you ready yeah okay well that, that puts it in perspective a little bit Okay, well, plus the majors are worth so much more, and it's like this is one point five. It's it's tough. The U.S. Open's two million now. I don't know. I was I I was pretty close on Jordan. Now this one I was way off. Okay, this is a uh, this is a five time PGA Tour winner. He has way more commercial appearances than top tens. Mm. Nick, we are a year removed from his last top ten. Slick Rick, what is Ricky Fowler's career earnings total on the PGA Tour? Am I am I correct that um, Ricky Fowler, if if the Masters deadline was today, he's not in the Masters. I don't think. Is that he's so? Outside. I don't think he's qualified for the Masters. I don't think he's top fifty in the world. He's not top fifty in the world. Sixty sixth in the world. That mustache. My God. Yeah, it's it's time to <laughs> reshuffle those priorities, Rick. <laughs> Um, okay, so he's got five wins. One was a player's, so that was probably... Here's the thing. When I tell you the number, you're going to realize why he doesn't give a shit about the way he's playing golf right now. Wait, of his his career earnings? His career earnings in the PGA Tour. So this is not Are none of the endorsements. High? He's what on every he golf commercial. He's But he's won a player's. He's won, so he's won five. He's got and a he's ton. won in he Europe has... a few times, and the Europe ones don't count, obviously. It's the PGA he's Tour. Got, he's got top... Fives and all the majors, which those are those are worth a lot. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna. And he's stick been with on my tour point. for a while. Thirty, thirty-two. All right, we're gonna go thirty. We're gonna go thirty-two. We're gonna stick with his age. Thirty-two mil. That's that's close. It's not within the two million dollar threshold. Ricky Fowler has made thirty-nine million dollars in his career. Yeah. So he's only three million short of. So Jordan's got. Um, three more majors than Ricky. He's got double the wins. How, I mean, Ricky, how is... Ricky's Ricky's been a pro twice as long. Is 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 what it comes is that down right? to? No. Yeah, Ricky. Ricky's been a pro since what do we got here? Rick Rick's been a pro since two thousand nine. And Jordan Spieth's been a pro since what? Twenty fourteen. I want to say. Right, yeah. Moving on. Oh, that's crazy. 
Okay. And, and that you know is what's how you crazy play. is those Guess first the five earnings. Those first five years of Ricky's career might have been his best five. Yeah, Aside I mean, from that what 2017 when he was top five in in every major. No, that was Nick. That was like 2014. That was a long time ago now. Was it? Yeah, it's like been that was seven years since that <laughs> happened, and he's still in every damn commercial. I'm Team Ricky, but boy. There's not no. many members on the bench right now. I, I'm, I'm that, basically sitting by myself at the moment. a long time ago. <laughs> pretty much did. Okay. Who's, let me ask you this, because we yeah. used to play this game when we first launched the podcast. Yeah. Who's who's going to win next, Ricky or Tony Finau? Who's going to win, like, a PGA Tour event? Yes. Tony Finau. Okay. Ricky Ricky is so far from winning a golf tournament, right? No, I hope, I I hope he wins agree, next 100%. week, but my God, it's it's not looking good for Ricky. Uh, Nick, we're probably farther away, um, for this, for you. We, I mean, we certainly are, but, uh, as I mentioned, golf season starting very soon here in Portland, Oregon, we can post next Monday. I got the email from the Glenavere men's club, got all the tournaments that are coming up. Very excited. So I just started thinking, you know, I got to dust the clubs off. Uh, I got to figure out what's going on. And, and basically this is just a long roundabout way for me to say, I think people undervalue one piece of golf equipment so much. And during the snowstorm here in Portland that we had last week, I called on my most important piece of golf apparel to help me. You think, oh, Joe, there must be a jacket of some sort, perhaps an umbrella. You're wrong on both counts because I invested in a beautiful, and this is not a sponsor. I'm just doing this because it's a great product. I invested in a pair of Gore-Tex waterproof Echo golf shoes last winter. And let me tell you, expensive, $200 for those shoes. But you goofballs are spending 500 bucks on a driver. You're going to get rid of that in a couple of years. I'm going to have these shoes forever. I'm gonna, they're they're going to bury me in these things. I walked, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. I walked two miles in the freezing rain in downtown Portland on Friday in these shoes and my feet, did not get wet. They're also good for golf. They have nice, <laughs> they, have, they have nice spikes in the bottom of them. I've got a summer. I've got a winter. Echo golf shoes. My point is, invest in your feet. If you're comfortable out there on the golf course, I can't tell you how many people I see out there in white golf shoes when it's I got, springtime. Got a pair of white Nike golf shoes. Oh, what are you love doing? Them. I love them. I got them last summer, like after the after the spring. Yeah, uh, when, when the great for the summer. Out. Sure. So let me ask you this. Are these your – how many pairs of golf shoes do you do you wear throughout the course of the year? Are you one I, I, I own one pair. I wear them under the ground. They're my, my only pair. Or you, like, switch them up. Like, hey, I'm wearing, I'm wearing red shirt today. I got to wear these oh. shoes. No, 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 no. It's all – we're all function. It's no form, baby. Though they do look good. I, so I have get, my summer so shoes get, and my winter shoes. Okay. So you, so you have two pairs of shoes. You just Totally predicated on the weather. Okay. Okay. So you wear these – you didn't wear them all summer. You weren't you weren't trekking Glendivere in these all, all summer oh. last year. Oh, my feet will be dying. No, they don't breathe at all. Everything locks right in, which is great when you're playing and it's like 45 degrees. Like I had a, but the last round I played was in November, and these were fantastic. We had a frost delay. You want the warm feet then, right? You don't want any of the heat escaping. But if you get like a 90 degree day and you're wearing these things, I mean, you're gonna have blisters by like the eighth hole, even if you're riding in a cart. Like nothing gets out. Golf shoes. They are crucial to your success on the golf course. Just get them. Get them. The one thing I wanted to ask you, Nick, and uh, we, we didn't prepare for this at all. 
have you ever worn a pair of rain gloves where you thought, boy, this is really helping me right now? Ever. So, like, for golf? <laughs> if you have another story, I'm all ears. <laughs> rain gloves, like when I'm watching the walk and the dog or whatever. You yeah. Know, um, so I wear, I, I keep a pair of the, like, FootJoy rain gloves Me in too. my bag. And I wear them just when it's cold because, like, the cold weather gloves that are like winter gloves, you can't you can't play golf in those. Um, so I wear the rain gloves when it's cold, and I like put in them just because, like, who's going to take off two gloves to to three jack from? Oh, I know. Yeah, I'm I'm already twenty over. Who gives a shit? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I I I strap those on and I keep my hands warm when I'm playing Mm -hmm. in like you know thirty eight forty degree weather. Um, I don't really try to play in the rain. Just yeah, <laughs> just as general rule. Um, and if I'm playing and it starts to rain, like if it's in the middle of the summer, I'm not throwing the rain gloves on. I don't keep them for the rain. I just, I just, I just use them for the cold. I just think they're not a very good product. I've never used. I've never put on rain gloves and thought, "Damn, this is." I'm really, I'm really feel comfortable with the club because a, I don't necessarily think that they no. do what they're supposed to do which is to make the club feel tacky when they are wet. And B, I don't feel like I actually feel the club when I have those on, right? It's it's the same right. reason why some players don't wear gloves at all. I just don't feel the golf club the same way. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's accurate. Towels. The last thing I'm going to say about this topic is towels. You know how many towels I bring to the golf course? The answer is never enough. I always need more. If I have seven towels, I, I I have them in Ziploc bags. I need one in my umbrella. Yeah, one golf towel is not enough, baby. You got to have towels for days. You don't know what's going to happen out there. You're out there for four and a half hours. You need more towels. Someone in your group forgot a towel. You got to get them a towel. And I'm not talking like nice golf towels. People make fun of me for this, but I don't care. I'm talking like old towels that are just you in like your old garage. Towel? Oh, yeah. Old, old bath towels, baby. Those are the best. I have a pink one and a blue one. The blue one stays in the bag. The pink one's in the umbrella. I have my nice golf towel. That's the one for, you know, the summertime when we're in July and, you know, it's normal golf times. But I'm talking like in the in the dark days, like mid-March. Mm, that's where the golf towels come into play. You know what? When it comes to golf towels, I feel like I'm the guy uh, flying first class who's never been in first class before. And, and it's like in <laughs> Your uh, new the money. wedding singer. Yeah, it's like the <laughs> wedding singer. And they hand him a, a hot towel and he has no idea what to do with it. Because I have a golf towel on my bag. And like, I don't know, if I hit one fat and I get some mud on my, my club, I'll like use the towel and then wipe it off. And I don't know, I'm kind of like. I don't know what to do. And then you go on the greens and everyone else is bringing their towel onto the green with them. And I'm like, oh, shit, should I get my, should I get my towel? Like, oh, wait, well, I could go get it. But then what am I going to do with my towel once I go get it? Like, I don't have anything to dry off. So, like, no, I'm just like, I feel like everyone's looking at me. Is this, is this like a normal round of golf? People bring their towels to their golf ball? Are you talking like when it's wet? Just generally speaking at, like, when I, at my work, I work up a ton of golf tournaments and I'm looking uh-huh. at like, everyone's always bringing their towels onto the green. And they're like, you know, they throw the towel off and they got the flat. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just like, what are they doing with their towel? So it's making you question your routine because yeah, all like these. Because I, well, I have one sure. towel, of, and I it's on my bag all year. If I if I am really paying attention, I might wash it, but it probably doesn't get washed all year. <laughs> it just sits there. Sure. And I I don't I I, I wipe some mud off. You know, right. here and there. But like, 
I don't know. What am I doing with my towel? I don't know. What you know? So I had a friend who picked up one of those uh, towels. Like it's like it's basically pick up like a washcloth size, but like a third of the size, but the same design, and you clip it to your belt loop, and it just kind of stays oh, right God. there. Like it's it's at your hip. Yeah. What? That yeah. It's it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I don't really see them sold anywhere, but I know they exist. What? I've seen them exist independently from my friend. So the idea is basically what your PGA pros that you're describing are that you see in these golf tournaments. It's the same idea. So you have a little, basically a little square inch of towel hanging from your hip to kind of just you know grab grab your wipe wipe down your ball and then you're good to go. It's it's great. I don't know where he got it, but it's what do you it's, it's what do you have thing. to shoot to be able to pull that off? Well, it's gotta be uh, 75 or better. I mean, Andy, Andy shoots, you know, about 92. So I would say about Andy's there. shooting 92 with a towel strapped to your hip. <laughs> yeah, but Andy's personality makes up for a lot. I would say Andy's personality is worth about 15 to 20 strokes. So that's why he can pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's really all I had on equipment. Um Nick, we are 43 days away from Masters Week, and I wanted to close things out by asking you if there's anyone you've seen that you've had your eye on for a Masters pick, and you can't say Jordan Spieth. Okay, well, I, I, for the record, I was going to say Jordan Spieth. Of course. Um, Patrick Cantlay, Daniel Berger, um, Bryson DeChambeau are guys I'm looking forward to seeing attack that course. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's going to be so many good stories. Rory, like, Rory's in the end of his prime, like he's been in his prime for like eight years. And like, how many more times is he going to go to Augusta in his prime? Missed the like, cut this week. Yeah. So I think he can win it and, and get that career grand slam. But I'm just saying like, if we think Rory's definitely going to win the masters, like his, his widest window is, is going to start closing in the next two or three years. Soon he's going to be, you know, getting later in his career. That's all. So uh, he's a guy we need to watch. Uh, mine is going to be, this is, this is the most boring pick possible. It's not even someone to win, but I'm going to get, make it, make a master's guarantee right now. Okay. Go to your local sports book, find top 10 odds. Don't worry about the winners. It's real tough to pick a winner. Tony real tough to pick a winner. Not Tony. The Englishman, Paul Casey is going to finish in the top 10 of the masters. He will not win. He will not win. It feels like it's going to be the sort of thing where he's in like the second or third to last group on Saturday and he shoots 75. And then on Sunday he closes with a 68 to get like T9. Paul Casey's going to finish in the top 10. It's a okay? really specific premonition. That's my, that's my, that's my, it's my very specific master's prediction as we sit here in late February. Well, you, you picked a T9 guy. Can you pick a winner? Oh, I still I gotta go back into the lab for that. I'm I'm not ready to go public with my winner yet, Nick. Nick, my palms my palms are sweaty that you're trying to make me pick a master's winner right now. I can't I can't do it. I I, I need more time. I can't okay. do it. Well, we got time. We do. Uh, do you have anything else? That's it from me. That's it. No, it's good to be back on the mic. It is good to be back on the mic. Good to be with all of you once again. Uh, next time we talk, golf season is going to be underway here in Portland. I'm sorry to rub it in. I mean. You guys post what April first? Yeah, but we got to get out of the snow, and we still got we still got like a foot of snow on the ground. Maybe not a foot, but I haven't seen my front yard in in like I'm sorry. six weeks. It's not funny. It was, it's winter not funny. was still, was going so well, and I was like working on my short game in my yard, mm-hmm. and I was like going to go all in, and like this is going to be great. 
And then we got hit with snow, like three or four snowstorms. Then it's just been like highs in the low twenties for like three straight weeks, and the snow's not going to melt ever. Um, so yeah, we're 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 a ways out. We're not thinking about teeing it up and posting scores. I don't gotta convince you, but West Coast, best coast, baby. <laughs> don't gotta convince me. <laughs> okay, thank you everybody so much for listening. We'll uh, we'll hopefully check back in soon. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.